0: Welcome to the Larry Crider Leadership Podcast. So glad you're with us today, where we learn these small things and small changes we can make in our lives and make a massive difference in our lives and the lives of those whom we serve. And back on the podcast today, by popular demand, is Doug Lehman. Thank you for joining me again today, Doug. Well, it's great to be
1: back again, Larry.
0: So thanks so much for having me. and.
1: uh Yeah it's just uh, a blessing to be here.
0: Well you shared some amazing things the last time you were here that was just awesome and there's so much more I want to ask you so I appreciate you coming back and and We want to talk about team building today. We want to talk about bivocational ministry today because you do that well. Uh, and we just want to talk about things you would even say to younger leaders. So let's let's just get started. You uh, pastor a church in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, Overflow. Tell us about Overflow Church. Tell us about that.
1: Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, my wife and I planted Overflow Community Church in ni- 2006, not 19. Wow, That's- Really <laughs> 2000, 2006 and uh yeah we've just it's been a crazy journey uh crazy good crazy challenging uh and god we just seen god's faithfulness yeah. through it all uh we probably uh plateaued several years ago Um uh, weren't quite sure if it was time to pass it on time to you know say this right. it's been great but time mm-hmm. for something else and yet god just didn't give us a release and about in 2019 uh, we ended up purchasing a bar in our town it was uh, Dilly's Bar and Grill uh, that had uh, went out of business Uh, and we ended up over the course of uh, the next year and a half actually during COVID we ended up rehabbing uh, the facility uh, fixing it up moving in there Uh, and in that process our attendance and like all church leaders, we're not supposed to talk about attendance. We're not supposed to care about that yeah. because we're to measure our growth in other ways. But we all care about those things. We care about people. Whether we care about people, and so we care about and and we always when we know two healthy things will grow. Right, that's just a natural. It's part of God's creation. And, that's right. and so we were uh, we that initial um, move into the new space. We tripled in attendance. Uh, our ministries have. Been able to to the neighborhood, had right, been able to increase. Uh, we just uh, went through the Thanksgiving season. Uh, we were able to. Uh, what was it, one of the neat things about this bar before they closed? Every year they would do a, a Thanksgiving big Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, and they would hand out over 500 meals free to our community to people who needed meals. The bar did that. The bar did that. That's yes. amazing. And. So that was one of the things that they, a tradition, a uh, thread that they we wanted to carry on. And so this year, uh, we set our sights not at 500, but we did about uh, not quite half of that, uh, 200 and uh, some meals, uh, to uh, local Meals on Wheels, uh, to our neighborhood right around our church building, uh, to the local EMS services. And so it's wow. been really just neat. And the amazing thing, Larry, with that is all of the people who, I should say, the majority of the people who carried out that vision, carried on that vision, were not part of our overflow family before we made the move to, we call it the TAP, uh, before we moved to the TAP building. Wow. And so it's just really cool to see what God's doing, and it's really changed, it's even changing my style of leadership right now, because instead of having to make everything happen, uh, as a small church, uh, Peppy Pastor feels pressure to do, I've been able to just allow others to take Ownership which we'll get to here. Okay. We sure
0: will now talk to me about your bivocational situation Like you're also in business. Yes. What is that at the same time? So what does the same that look time, like? Yes
1: uh, So what that looks like and what that has looked like uh just real quick history I grew up on a dairy farm. Yeah. My father and I dairy together till I was 30 uh, We when I was 30 we sold the cows uh, just was we either had to expand uh, substantially uh, or get out. So we chose to get out. At that point in time, my wife and I, uh, we built a chicken house. Uh, it was uh, for uh, cage-free chickens. And we began uh, getting eggs every day, <laughs> gathering eggs every day. And so two years later, uh, built the second one, it been 2007, built the second one, uh, which we still just have two, currently have two. And that began, in a, so we built the first chicken house in 2005. Planted overflow in 2006, wow. built the second chicken house in 2007. But the amazing thing it was, uh, and still is, is chickens for the most part are very flexible. Uh, their time schedule compared to cows. For those of you who understand farming, uh, is the times it's just yeah. very flexible. Yeah. And then also it's very I don't know if easy is the correct term, but I can teach someone to take care of chickens fairly quickly right it's very difficult to teach somebody to take care of cows very quickly and so my resource pool is much greater when it comes to uh the bivocational farming with uh, having layers
0: and you have a team on both sides i'm sure you have a yes. team with a farm and you have a team with the church we'll talk more about that later yes. yeah. and that makes that work and then talk to me about india you've had such a heart for india you've been to india so many times you oversee you know <laughs> leaders of leaders of leaders of over 500 churches in india it's amazing uh Talk to me about how you
1: got there. How did that happen? Yeah, that's a great story. I Uh, know. And I'll try to tell it in two minutes. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Actually, in uh, 2010, my wife and I adopted uh, our daughter from the country in Nepal. Mm -hmm. Amazing story. And uh, God just moved powerfully. And so we spent... uh, some time in Asia during that time, not in India, but in the country Nepal. Several years after the adoption, I had a gentleman, uh, John Tufel, a good friend of mine who I've traveled with many times to India. He approached me about going to India and doing a seminar, leadership seminar. Sure. And I said, oh, let me pray about it. And he said, well, that's a Christian way of saying no. Uh, so, but I did pray about it. Jen and I prayed about it. And about two months later, I got back to him and said, hey, I'm willing to go. This would have been in 2013. And so we made a trip in 2013, took a team of people over, did a leadership seminar, went very well, enjoyed it, but actually then did not go back to India again until 2016, where the same gentleman invited me back. He had before, but it just didn't work out to go. And by that time, Dove was, I think we had one church at that time in India right. with a couple other ones asking questions. And, and Larry, you invited me I to actually to go one time and I said, no, I uh, just, it wasn't the time. If you remember right. that, I didn't go that first trip. The timing wasn't right. Probably 2014 or 15, I think that was. And uh, so I didn't go, but in 2016, uh, we went over and we gathered leaders together who were connected to us somehow right, right. in some way. And so, and then we created an apostolic team. Yeah. Uh, and you led that team. And myself and Brian mm-hmm. Souter and Hesbin Adindo were right. uh, the, the leadership there. Right. And yeah, just back to the favor thing, you know, we just, uh, we would go into India and teach and preach and share Jesus. And there was this favor. Right. And uh, we just, connections were made and, and, we began, We're still having them. We just had our first virtual online conference here that went very well. uh was amazing. Uh, two months ago, uh, maybe a month ago now, and uh, we connected more leaders. And so, right. yeah. So it feels there's God's doing some amazing things in, uh, there in India and in all different parts of the church. Right. But we're seeing, especially in the Dove family right now, such right. even during COVID and the challenges that. Particularly in India, they face the expansion of the kingdom has not has increased instead yes. of decreasing, and so just excited to be part of what God's doing right. there and providing really really what we're doing there. Uh, our role is uh, from from the West here is providing leadership support, right, uh, and training, yeah. uh, and trying to uh, help. Uh, the Church and India work together and right. support and help one another.
0: So. over the last few years, you've been leading that team doing a fantastic job. and obviously, in all three things we just three entities we talked about local church, your business, and your work in India. all three you've had to build teams to Correct. make that work because you couldn't begin to do this yourself. You've built teams. You learned a lot about team building. We want to focus on team building for a while. That's just, sure. Let me ask you some questions about that. Uh, I mean, you've you've learned a, a ton about this. So give us some basics, basics as to how you learn to build teams. What does team building look like to you?
1: Well, team building is one of those things that uh, I think is so important. And as the kingdom continues to grow, Uh, Teams are going to become even more important, and we've seen this. Right, and you know, team. My first team that I would have built would have been a youth ministry team, Mm -hmm. and it went well for about three years, three and a half years, and then the team sort of fell apart. I mean, some things happened, and it wasn't even necessarily, yeah, just people had children (laughs) and just some life things happened. But I remember, and and that was hard. That was hard, and so, and I took a hard look at myself and say, okay, what was my role in this? team not sustaining or not being the same. And then I've built leadership teams, uh, yeah, in different places. And some of them uh, are going very well. Some of them have had their challenges at different times. But one of the things that I think I've learned about team building is your the, your why of what you're doing is so important. Okay. So you mentioned my, so why do I have a chicken house. Right. You know, well, honestly, if I'm gut level honest, I do that so that I can feed my family. Right. You know, and do ministry, you know, right. and uh, sort of tag team that. That's so right. when I think about the why of that team, I need to make sure it's functioning smoothly, efficiently, good. and cost-effective, right? Right. There's a why there. I coach right. basketball, and I, cr- I have a coaching team. I have three assistants that help yep. me right now, and a great, great, uh, a great team. And But why do I have that team? You know, I create, an end in our church. You know, the what's the why? And I've learned that the why is so important because the why will attract your who. That's really good. So people are attracted uh, by your why as a leader, this is really important, I think, for leaders. But your why of what you're going to do, whether it's business, whether it's church-related, whether it's you know community-related, uh, uh, those kind of things, your why will attract your who. And what I've found out is, if my why in one particular area changes, the who will change. Interesting. So one of the reasons, when I look back, that maybe my leadership teams have changed and shifted. Uh, and it's not always felt good. Right. I'm not going to be always seeing this, but it's because my, our why uh-huh. would change. And so if your why changes, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not good, uh, but when your why changes, your who will change. And just think, a quick example from church, the church, sure. uh, church experience with this. When Jen and I, uh, in our early 20s, uh, we were farming, we were in youth ministry. We moved off the farm to town. I'd mentioned in our previous podcast we did. And we lived in town. And growing up how we grew up, that was like nobody did that. right? But in, in your our culture, culture, in our our setting, culture right. nobody was doing it. So that was looked at as something radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the way our youth group ran, uh, it was... Uh, it was a very diverse, multicultural youth group. A very—we had a whole group of kids that were uh, from a private Christian school that was mainly white. Mm-hmm. We lived in a neighborhood of mainly minorities uh, that were went to the local public school, right. and so we had both these kids groups. Like it wasn't happening anywhere else, so right. it was looked at as rad- whether it was radical or not. Uh, I won't, it appeared that, radical it to those are radical yeah you know and then we decided we wanted to plan a radical church that didn't look anything like where we came from which is really hard to do as you know yeah uh, well know but we, so but we did some things that looked radical we met Sunday evenings instead of Sunday mornings yeah. you know we dread yeah. come as you are like yeah. we, and a lot of churches say that but like we really meant it like people would really and they still do come as you are sometimes I, we should maybe change that but you know so so there was our initial group of leaders were attracted to us because one of our whys—well, we didn't. Even, I wouldn't even put definition to it back then—but right. one of our whys was just to be different. It wasn't necessarily to—I mean, we, yes, it was we wanted to share Jesus and see people come to Jesus, yes. But part of the big—and so people were attracted to that being different. And so then, as we grew and as the ministry matured, and we realized that well, being different is not always better, you know. So we made some shifts, and sh- then then we weren't different enough anymore. Uh-huh. And so we would lose some of those right. those early leaders. And so that's an example that's of, very of the why changing. And I'm not, it, what right or wrong it's not. Sometimes the why needs to change, but your why will attract your who. So yes, the why of what you good. do or your organization is so important. Good. Talk about
0: ownership and teamwork. How, how, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So one of the things, and this is something maybe something I've learned recently uh, from a good friend, a new friend. Uh, one of the things I've learned uh, is so important in leadership, team building and anything is making, I'm always trying to uh, develop new friendships. Uh, which will lead to just challenging me in different areas. But one of the things we learned early on, once again, my wife and I planted the church. It was our vision. It was, you know, and so often over the course of the first 10 to 12 years of overflow, it it was Doug's vision or it was Doug and Jen's vision. Right. And what did Doug and Jen want? And so Doug and Jen were expected to make all the decisions. Does this make Doug happier? And Doug's sitting back going, Sorry, I'm talking about myself in the third person, but I'm going back saying, no, I don't want to, like, I'm okay with you right? Do making a decision. Like, I don't need to know if we're having pizza for our right. fellowship meal or if we're having pot. Like, I don't I don't care, but it still would always come from me. And I'm like, what's wrong with this? Yeah. Like, something's not right here. And what I've discovered is the power of ownership. Yeah. We went through a process uh, during COVID, right at the beginning of COVID, where we brought a team of people together from our church. And we said we wanted to sort of recast vision, rethink sure. vision. Well, we, this wasn't the first time we did that. But this was the first time we involved people outside of ourselves, I or see. outside, and I don't mean outside of our church body, just right. outside. Although we did hire, we actually hired a consultant uh, to help us through that process, which is I highly. Uh, that's a great thing to do yeah. to, to get that outside perspective. But what happened was, as we went through the process of vision and missioning, what's really ironic is. It really didn't land very far from where we were. Right. It wasn't this crazy new idea or something. A lot of the words in our statements were the same. Right. Uh, how, the how of what we were doing was the same. The why shifted a little bit, which was really good. But at the end of the day, instead of Doug and Jen and maybe one or two other people yeah. owning the vision, yeah. all of a sudden we had a we had a team of people owning the vision. And so whenever somebody. Uh, so, so it's no longer just Doug, Doug's right. vision or Jen's vision. Now mm-hmm. I lead that vision. Sure, I champion that vision. Right. Uh, so I'm out in front of that. But uh, and so in, when we involved others in the process yeah. and listened to them,
0: he said it well.
1: Took their advice uh, and maybe even gave up. Some things maybe that we would have liked or been more comfortable with. But what it is, it'll, it may, people took ownership of that. Yeah. And so in our Thanksgiving meal I mentioned earlier, you know, there was a group of people who took ownership of that. Right. I didn't lead that. I didn't run. They took ownership of that. And it's there. It was their thing. Right. It's Overflow's thing. Right. And so instead of it being Doug's thing. And so if you're going to build team, your team has to feel they're not just there to support the primary leader's vision. Right. They're not just there to to you know be the rubber stamp on whatever yeah. uh, the president, CEO, pastor yeah. want to do. No. The, you need to, as the leader, listen to them, take time, probably uh, more time than you want. Most of us who lead teams like to get things done fast. Right, we don't want right. to wait. But if you're going to create ownership, it takes time. Like our visioning process that we did really was a, probably a six to 10 month process. Uh, mm-hmm. where if I would have did it myself, it, it took me literally probably a week. Right. You know, And but yet nobody else it would have it. It would have just lie. been you it fulfilling been the vision. Me. Yeah, yeah. It just one of me. So it's so important, that ownership, and that other people— then what's happened for me now with this, other people are carrying that in their hearts. I don't right. have to carry the whole thing. Right. And so it lifts my load as a leader as yeah. well. You uh, bring
0: other people into the process. Yeah. And that's what you've been doing. You yeah. remember we had our 2020 challenge a couple of years ago as a Dove Global Movement. Yes. And we had plateaued a couple hundred churches worldwide. And, and in prayer one day, I, it was really clear to me that if we ask the Lord, he'll give us the nations you know, Psalms 2. And so we said, okay, I'm, I'm going to believe God for that. And uh, mm. I had this impression, if we really believe God by 2020, there could be, you know, a thousand churches. It well, was crazy. Yeah. But no, I was the only one who had the vision. My wife, Laverne, yeah. didn't even have it at that point. So it took a while until she said, yeah, this sounds like it could be God. And then we went to our leadership team, took a while there. But then we all together owned that vision together. Yeah. And we saw it happen by a year early, 2019, we saw yeah. it happen. Yeah. But so I just confirm what you're saying so much. That whole ownership piece is so important. Bringing people into the process is so important. It's a key to leadership. So what else, anything else you learned in team building?
1: Yeah, as well. As- when I'm looking to build teams and maybe I'll think outside to, the into my basketball yes coaching experience here a little bit, when I'm looking for team teammates there, I'm not talking about players I'm talking right. about coaching teammates. You know, I'm looking for people who uh, really bring out the best in each other, yeah. uh, who challenge one another, who don't agree all the time, right. uh, who uh, get uh, frustrated sometimes with one sure. another. But at the end of the day, I'm looking for people who um, are able to disagree together. And I don't mean, because I don't, I don't like disagreement, but are able to be okay with disagreeing right. with one another. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree yeah. to facilitate growth and to make one another better, Yeah. because I think the best teammates are those that make uh, us better. Sure. And I think some of my early teams, looking back, I probably looked more for people who agreed with me, yeah, because it was easier. <laughs> like honestly, it's easy because if, if you know, or maybe even if they don't agree with me, they at least won't tell me, right? Right. Or they won't bring it up in a meeting, and so it's. So I, I feel feel like I'm when I'm looking for teams, I'm looking for I'm looking for people who have a certain skill set obviously but then honestly too looking for people who bring out the best in one another and fantastic uh, yeah that's what i always when i make this analogy maybe in in a sermon or in a sports world i always say you know an all-star an all-star player compared to a player who's just good is a player that that makes other people around them better. That's good. So, like that's LeBron good. James, I hate yeah. you, I. I'd rather use Michael Jordan to date myself, but <laughs> you know those guys, they made those around them better. Right. The, the players, their teammates, right. better. Where maybe a player who's just uh, you know is a good player, yeah. and I won't name any names, but you know they. So that's where you know, I think you're looking for teammates, whatever team yeah. you're on, whatever field you're in, um, yeah. ministry to business to. Uh, uh, the community, you're looking for people who will make those around them better.
0: Right, right. So, yeah. I like that. And you said once that a team leader creates opportunities for the
1: team to grow together. So, what would you say more about that? Yeah, I think that's one of the things. And I think I, COVID for me really, I learned this maybe before COVID, but it really highlighted this because I think it slowed us down enough yeah. that we were able to sort of take stock of sure. everything. But sure. as a team leader, and, and a lot of the teams I'm on, I lead. Uh, at this point, and so one of, as a team leader, and for those of you who are team leaders, I think it's so critically important that you're creating opportunities Mm. for people to grow. Now, when I talk to my team, I say one of our, like my elder team at Overflow, like one of our roles is to create opportunity for those we lead. Yeah. So we create the opportunity, let them take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. So but then as a, as a team leader, I create opportunities. And so I'm constantly, you know, hey, have you read this book? Have you listened to this right. podcast? Hey, let's go to this. Let's watch this online seminar together. Let's, you know, there's just things that as leaders, you can't, if you're standing still, you're going backwards. That's right. Pretty much in anything in That's life. That's really true. And so, as leaders, we can't be so. We I'm constantly looking for ways uh, to sharpen uh, my team's skills, and and so how do we how you do that is so important, and then yeah. and then make sure you're doing it with them. Yeah. Like it's not like, well, I know all this, and right. and you need this, or but no, it's something you do together and grow together. So we'll do you know we'll do retreat weekends at right. times, right. which I know you do as well with your teams. You know, just ways, but it's creating those opportunities and spaces for people to grow. Yeah, that's good. You know, some people say, let's look for teammates
0: who are faithful and have good character. And others say, well, I want to find teammates who are gifted and anointed. Where do you come down on that?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that I've learned, (laughs) uh, I've seen, not just learned, I've seen, experienced uh, the 40 plus years, even before I was even a leader, is like there's something about the person who is just faithful. Yeah. And so, so I probably would fall on the side I would rather find a teammate who's going to be faithful rather than a person who is just gifted. Right. Now can you be both? Absolutely. Sure. Hopefully hopefully you can be both, but I think that often a person who's faithful, a person who has good character you know, the, the giftings and the skill sets will, will follow that. Yeah. But somebody yeah. who arrives on the scene uh, having incredible giftings, maybe anointings, yeah. depending on your term, skill set, uh, and that's all they have, they usually don't tend toward becoming faithful after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> it usually yeah, tends yeah. another direction. And so, yeah. yeah. So I think having finding teammates who are faithful and have incredible character, I think, uh, uh, yeah, is where I would land on that one. Now
0: I want to ask you a couple questions yet about what you say to younger leaders. But before I do that, just take a minute or two and talk about how you juggle being a business leader and how you juggle being a church leader. I know you're also a basketball coach and doing and you are lead, leading in India. Any secrets on how you juggle that and make that work? Pray a lot. Yeah,
1: <laughs> good. Uh, pray a lot uh, on a practical uh, from a practical standpoint. Sure. Recognize. Uh, so we all look at our life at, in seasons, or we use that terminology. That's right. So more of a t- contemporary terminology. Right. And so I really look at my year uh, in seasons. Yeah. Sometimes it's down to the week in seasons. Mm-hmm. I break up my weeks. But right now is basketball season, so I'm going to spend more time on my basketball. Maybe than I'm. And so something else is going to not get pushed on the back burner, but it's not going to get as much of my. Uh, top tier of time, right, so to speak. Right. But then basketball season will be over, and then right. so I've, I've I'm learning, uh, or I've learned that you have to juggle things, but no. Know which season you're in and where you need to put your primary focus. Okay, not that you don't focus on the right. other things, but okay, right now overflow is getting the majority of my time. Okay, or not the chicken house. Like in a couple weeks, sure. my chickens are going out, so right. I'm going to have three days where I'm just there. Sure, that's so I have good. i be there. So knowing that, and then making sure when you're not present in those uh, places that you have competent people. Who are taking care of things right. that need taken care back of, and the so back to the teamwork, building yeah. those teams. So I have yeah. a great team at my chicken house. I have a right. great team at Overflow. I have a great team uh, with the basketball. I have a great team in India with India. Yeah, and I so do. those teammates, uh, and so <laughs> it price starts honestly. Back to the team. It really does. You to, if you're going to do yeah. do multiple things, and so but one of the things I think you have to recognize, and this is and where I'm at um, right now, it feels like in the last. Several years, all of the things I've been juggling, there's been an expansion of right. responsibility. Right. And an increased level of responsibility, so to speak, because things have grown. Yes. So then I think there's at some point, and we all have to know that maybe you just have to remove one of those. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to go on a podcast and right. say what I'm going to take away, right. but at some point you have to have, yes. have the courage That's right. and the humility yeah. and even just, hey, somebody else might could do this better than me mm-hmm. to remove that plate, so to speak, right. from what you're juggling, right. let somebody else take that yeah. and move on. And so so yeah so that's uh, okay that's, that's I, helpful i'm right there so yeah
0: i hope so, that's helpful that is so some leaders i talk to tell me that they focus on different things different days during the week does that work for you or maybe not because of your setting you know tuesday they focus on one thing more and you know on one of their with their team and then wednesdays they focus on something else yeah does that work for you or not
1: some days some days <laughs> so uh just yeah, I try to do that. Um, like often Tuesday and Thursday, I have set aside for more as ministry days. I'm not, okay. I try not to go to the chicken house those days. Okay. But <laughs> what, uh, you grew up on a farm, you farm for understand a season. I it all. Farming is a 24-7. Yeah, sure The is. phone can always ring. Right. Uh, the, uh, something can always break down. Something, you know, une- there's always unexpected in farming. Yeah, yeah. Well, pastoring and leadership, same, it's 24-7. You're That's never off. Right. So there's, Well, yes, I do try to separate some of the practical parts of both those uh, different plates. Right, those are the two, and India too. uh, India's coming in there is another pretty main plate now too. So I try to set, but it's it's constant, uh, you know. And then with India, you know, they're in different time zones, so they're away from exactly exactly twenty four seven, but. You, you know, we, yeah, so practically, yes, I'm, I do separate, but there's just bleeding over all the time. Yeah. And you have to just learn to give give yourself grace. And, Very helpful. And, and clearly communicate with your team so that they don't get frustrated or disappointed in right. you. Right. Clearly communicate your expectations of them. Make things as easy for them as possible. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let me ask you this, yet, before we close. I know we're soon running out of time. It goes yeah. so fast. What would you say to younger leaders who'd be sitting right here with us right now? If we were in like in a room of 100 younger leaders, younger as in teenagers in their 20s, maybe early 30s, and uh, say, what have you learned about leadership, Doug, that would help them? What sure. are a few things you'd share with them?
1: Yeah, well, just uh, you had sent me this question. I thought, what a great question. And I wrote down, I have seven things. Okay, go for it. I'm going to go through them really quick. Go for it. Because I know that our time's limited here. And and if you want me to expound on anything, just uh, feel free to ask. But uh, spend more time, number one, spend more time strengthening your strengths Mm. rather than strengthening your weaknesses. When you strengthen your strength, your weaknesses will be strengthened as well.
0: That is so good.
1: And I spent a lot of time in my when I was a younger leader trying to strengthen my weaknesses. And I waste and yeah, I I made them stronger, but then my strengths got let did not grow. Right. And so take time to strengthen your strengths. And if I go to the gym and I and I focus on uh, what my strength is going to make the rest of my body stronger or in better shape. Uh, if I just focus on my weaknesses, there, it's not. It'll help, but it's not as good. So, spend time on your strengths and on them. Sort of along with that, and something I've really tried to uh, do in the last several years: operate in my strength and delegate my weakness. Mm. So, like, know good. who you are, know what you're good at, right? Know, like, and be okay with that. Right? Like, God created us all unique and different, and we're good at some things and we're not good at some right. things. Right? Right? And so. I feel like that, um, yeah. So what I how I've learned to do uh, is I operate in my strengths and not my weights. Like I'm a really bad carpenter. Like I can't cut a straight line. You can draw, <laughs> I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. I'm, I'm a just bit ruler. like you. I understand I just, that. And so I like anytime I need house construction right um, i have my friends who you know they watch youtube and they sure that's are so good and I, and I was like wow why don't i do that but then i try to do it and it comes out bad <laughs> and so i i want to I, I delegate those things uh, show up never underestimate the power of presence boy that's good show up and if you question if you should be somewhere or not just show up yeah because you you can't go wrong with showing up that is so uh, good. my wife and i have went to a lot more funerals and viewings in the last five years then and not because more people died just because we recognize that there's something about showing Showing up up. and so show up Uh, don't uh yeah it's more important to show up uh time is your friend uh sometimes we think we're busy and we are busy but wait on the lord uh don't succumb to the tyranny of what you deem urgent because often Mm. what i deem urgent is not really urgent at all right and timing is everything particularly god's timing um I wrote down here the word marinate, you know, meat that is marinated usually tastes a lot better than meat that's just thrown on the grill really quick. That's true. It makes it more tender. Right. The flavor pulls out the flavor. And so uh, marinate on things, whether it's vision, mission, uh, how you're going to, what sermon you're going to preach that you do not quite sure how you're going to preach it. Uh, a devotional you want to write, a book you want to write, those kind of like marinate for those for longer than you think is good, mm. and and you'll it's probably good. So mar- good. marinate on things. Very good. Number five, uh, be intentional about staying healthy. This is like really practical, uh, and I mean physically, emotionally, and spiritual. Wholeness and health is not a given just because we're a leader. Mm. I think sometimes when we're, especially if we're a successful leader and we just think that well we're just going to be healthy because. Yeah, we're just busy leading and God's not going to let us get sick, yada, yada, yada. And it don't happen that way. Right. You know, health is not a given because you need to make sure. And I wrote down here with that find and utilize a trusted financial advisor. I totally agree with that. If I were to do something different, like practically, I would find and utilize, I mean, I've done that now, but early, teens or 20s, find and utilize a trusted, because so many leaders I have met and know uh, are limited. Due to finances. Yeah, that's true. And I don't mean that God do not and that's a, we'll let Brian Souter deal with that, deal with that. <laughs> but I don't mean that, but I'm just saying they ha, because they didn't plan well or because right. they, they made some decisions that just, it, it's limiting. So true. And so it's not necessarily sin or it's not, right. it's just limiting. And so finally utilize a financial advisor. Great advice. Number six, uh, to choose wisely the sources from which you learn. Mm. Uh, this is probably more of a recent one. Because it's been a bigger focus for me. But choose wisely the podcast you listen to. Make sure that you listen to Larry Crider every week. <laughs> uh, you know, every week. That's, the that's week. a Make good Make sure park. you subscribe, subscribe to that. But authors you read right. uh, and even social media you consume. Because what you ingest today will shape your tomorrow.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: And I've seen over and over and over again people shift. Yeah. And it's really... In the last several years, it's become almost a more of a pandemic to me right. than, than the actual pandemic. Right. It is to see people lose their faith, to see people wrestle with the authority of Scripture. It goes back to several things, but one of the big things is it's shaped by who they're being resourced by. Yeah. And you will end up being... Very not, good. And I listen to people I don't agree with, uh, but I do that um, for different reasons, but yeah, I'm very careful when I do that. So choose very wisely good. who you resource. And the last one here, number seven, your 20s and 30s is the time to build your leadership portfolio. What do you mean by that? It's a time to grow. It's a time to, to educate yourself. It's a time to it's good. get practical experience. It's a time to marinate. I just mentioned before, yep, yep. too many people, especially gifted leaders, because often people who are going to be Really, really good leaders. Mm-hmm. People recognize that early. Yeah, like it's not something you figure out when you're fifty or sixty. Mostly, right. not. Right. There's always exceptions to every rule, but you you recognize that early, and often they'll dive too quickly. Yeah, and I call. I said I wrote down here. Many young leaders fade in their forties and fifties because they spent their leadership capital in their twenties oh, and thirties. That's 30s. good. That's so true. And so, just take the financial example. Let's say I make a lot of money. In my 20s and 30s, you have a great job, you know, making six sure. figures a job, right. and I don't invest it at all. Right. I just spend it. Right. Uh, and then I get to my 40s and I lose my job, and, and then what do I do? Right. Because I'm not, if I would have just invest that money, I wouldn't have to work for the rest of my life. That's right. You know, where in leadership, it's similar where we you can be a really good leader in your 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. but I will guarantee you that you can be a much better leader in your 40s than you mm-hmm. ever will be in your 20s. Yeah. And probably even 30s. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's statistics that we can do right, right. to improve that. Exactly. So, so take time and and maybe what I'm trying to say here is don't move into leadership too quickly. Yeah, um, and don't allow others to push you into leadership too quickly uh, because that's when this tends to happen. Yeah, and so take time to build that leadership and expand your horizons. Maybe you know, go cross cultural, yeah. uh, learn from other people who are different from you. I mean, there's so many things you can do to do that. But often, by the time you're 40 and 50, uh, you don't, yeah, you just don't want to do those things anymore. So yeah. uh, build your leadership portfolio in your 20s and 30s, and then start to pull off of that in your 40s and 50s. And, it's, and then all of a sudden, what you end up doing in your 40s and 50s will have much more influence and impact yeah. than what it would have had if you wouldn't have done that. Very, very so,
0: good. Well, let me ask you this yet. Um, what are some key issues you find leaders facing today? Oh, boy. And we'll do it briefly, but, you know, I mean, give me three.
1: Yeah. Just quickly, give me three. So one is uh, just this whole thing of i see uncertainty. Yeah. There's our, in the world in which uh, we have given ourselves at some level, uh, there's so much uncertainty, uh, whether it's economically, whether it's socially, educationally, like there's just not even in the church. Yeah. There's so much, everybody's uncertain about everything. And so there's this lack of stability. Right. And so when you're trying to grow something, whether it's business, whether it's, uh, you know, ministry organization, right. nonprofit organization, like it's really challenging to grow in uncertainty right. because people don't want to put their time in, right. and resources and energy into something that they don't know it's going to be there tomorrow or not. It's right. going to be needed tomorrow right. or not. And so I think learning how learn, as leaders how to learn and to deal with uncertainty is really important. Another biggie, I think, is truth. Yeah. And this is coming more from the ministry perspective. but. Right. Yeah, truth has become so relative. It's not. But in our culture, it's become so relative. And how to deal with a majority culture that don't believe there is absolute truth. And how to minister and bring people to faith in Christ who, you know, Jesus is very clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's a pretty absolute Statements. Very absolute, and yet our world is is teaching us yeah. that there is not that, and so you know what is true was. So I, I feel like we have to, and I think there's a lot of we have to educate ourselves in this That's area. True. We can't, and we can't educate ourselves to truth. I don't mean that, but we have to know how to respond right, right, uh, well, and how to listen well. Give um, me, give me one more. So one more would be the whole area of technology, uh-huh. uh, and I'll just. Go back to farming real quick i don't i still farm some uh, egg farm some i don't crop farm technology and farming has ch- changed radically in the last 20 years now tractors can drive themselves amazing and plant r- perfect straight rows of corn with gps technology it's amazing and if you're not on the cutting edge of that yeah you're not going to get bank loans you're not going to get some things wow. because you don't stay on the cutting edge. And so technology is something to embrace. It's something to not be controlled by at the same time. I mean, there's, it's, it's such a huge thing. Right. But as leaders, I think technology is something we need to probably embrace as church leaders, especially at a greater level, and realize that God has given us a creative men and women a creative ability to produce these things that connect us uh, that can be very scary at times, but also such a kingdom, such a benefit of the kingdom, and as networks of churches, as right, denominations, right. Uh, as independent groups of churches, yep. those that don't stay on the cutting edge of technology are going to find themselves either just maintaining or going backwards um so if you're older you
0: gotta get people in your team who are younger who understand how that works exactly 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 Exactly. Exactly. and you said it well once you said the key is to love people when you're in leadership if you ever stop loving people you stop leading that is such a good truth and quote that you've made yeah uh Thank you for joining me today for Absolutely. Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. Any last any last minute things you want to say? This is your last
1: chance, Doug. Well, no, I feel like I've said uh, s- said enough. It's been <laughs> and, great. And, uh, it's been great. Just, uh, thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, just uh, yeah, it's exciting to be. Last thing I'll say: embrace twenty twenty two. It's coming fast. Yeah. it may be here by the time It'll you hear this podcast. It will be here by the time this comes out. i sure will. And like it, there. I wouldn't want to live been i want to i wouldn't have wanted to have been born 10 years sooner or 50 years or 100 years like i'm so thankful i'm alive Amen. now and, and me the too. opportunities and possibilities that we have to grow the kingdom exactly uh, and see god move are yeah. just they're there for us let's go get them
0: that's it doug thank you doug layman with me today overflow church leading dove india leaders and in hundreds of churches there in India, um, obviously, he runs a business, basketball coach. Not much you don't do, is there? It's great great to have you here today. And, and check out the show notes so for everyone who's listening today. Check out the show notes. Um, Overflow Church and all the websites on there. Any other information you want about Doug, want to get all Doug, you get all that on the show notes today. And we're so glad you joined us today for the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. See you all again real soon. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.